Okay, people. So we have a special edition of Echoes from the Void, and I am very pleased to welcome our special guest, Martin Gooch. Martin, how the hell are you, my friend? Hello. Hi, Kevin. Nice to see you again. Uh, yeah, it's I'm... been a while. <laughs> I think it was 2019, right, when um, Black Flower came Yes. Out. Yes, at the we had our premiere at Sci-Fi London in Leicester Square. Yes, uh, yes, Louis, Louis, yeah, Louis Savvy putting that on. And people, if you are around, Sci-Fi London 2021 is happening right now. So um, after you've done Comic Con and uh, you know what I mean, being witness to everything Martin has on offer, make your way down to the Picture House Stratford for all that Sci-Fi London goodness. And talking of Comic-Con, I believe, Martin, that you have something to that you'll be announcing to people, you know what I mean, over there, right? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, uh, <laughs> what day? Saturday, Saturday the 23rd of October this year, we will have a special uh, panel at Comic-Con to announce our new project, which is called ARG and the Quest for the Golden Dragon Skull. And uh, it's a little project that I started uh, way back a thousand years ago at the beginning of lockdown. When, could, you, uh, could you even say it's a miniature project? Uh, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have some of the characters standing by. Uh, oh, tremendous! For position to be on this show, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I sort of like many of us at the beginning of lockdown. We all thought, you know, our glorious leaders told us it was going to be a couple of weeks, and I thought, great, couple of weeks. I'm a freelancer. I haven't had a day off in 15 years. I, I you know, this would be nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was tidying up my office, and I, I found a whole load of little miniatures. Little twenty-five millimeter. Where's he gone? There he is. This is an, this is an Etin, which is a two-headed monster, uh, and this is a, a ghost. And I found these. I, I made these. Oh, where's the camera? There it is. I found these in my office, and I painted them up a little bit. And I thought, what can I do with these? And I sort of animated them around. Not really animation like traditional animation, but more like the Muppets. So he's sort of, you know moving around a bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking to me and all this stuff. And, I, and it was a lot of fun, and it took a, an afternoon. And I sent it to my friend um, uh, uh, Alex LeMay, who's a fantastic producer in the USA. And he said, Martin, this is great. You should do more. And as, you know, we're all aware, the lockdowns just kept on going. So I mm -hmm. kept on filming. And before I knew it, I'd shot uh, about 100 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, made, I made a feature film by mistake my friends uh, Brad Moore and uh, Mark Felgate who are both brilliantly uh, hilarious human beings uh, added to the script to make it funnier and I phoned up lots of my actor chums like uh, Serene Sofair who is fantastic Emily Hague's amazing and Kevin McNally all of whom I'd worked with before and they all said, yes, Martin, you know, and, and I said, you know, I just need you to film your your lines on your iPhone or whatever phone you've got and uh, uh, and send them to me, you know, digitally, which they did. And when we were showing the last film, Atomic Apocalypse, 
uh, we went on tour and we, we went to lots of film festivals across America. We went to Berlin Sci-Fi and obviously London Sci-Fi. I met loads of fabulous actors. And as a, as a director, I love, you know, working with actors and love meeting new people. It's part of the fun of filmmaking, really. And uh, I invited all these fabulous actors to come and be in the new project, like Nick Nicholson, who I met in Houston, who is fabulous, and Cassandra Ebner, who I met. I can't remember if I met her in Indianapolis. I think so, because uh, all the festivals sort of merge together in your yeah. brain. And, <laughs> and Freya Northman, who's wonderful, I met her at Comic-Con. And I asked them, you know, give me an hour or two. That's it. And then they, they recorded their lines, sent them over via WeTransfer, and then I put them into the timeline. And, uh, it, you know, it took a while to edit it, but the actual production of the film was relatively straightforward. And uh, it's all finished now, and there's 21 little episodes, which add up to a 100-minute feature film. Uh, and my fabulous sound designer, Trevor Moore, who uh, he and I have been working together for over 20 years, which is just bonkers, uh we have finished all the episodes now and we're also working on a feature episode so all in one go yeah. and now we just have to work out uh how how best to service the fan world because this is a film for fans made by a fan of the genre which is you know fantasy comedy um I haven't really told you what it's about. I've told you how I made it <laughs> <laughs> hey that that, that yeah. that's all good man I will say. I will say though, Martin, I was extremely hurt that you didn't call me for the king, right? Oh, you know what I mean? Like you didn't oh, call me for the king. I, I, I was, I feel like I was born for the role, and I don't even get the role. You have what, the king what, what, what beard. Do I have to do? You've got a kingly beard. Yeah. As well, as I well. Oh, foolish, foolish me. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah, talk to your casting director. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is the great thing about Arg and the Quest for the Golden Dragon Skull is uh, it's uh, it's sort of endless. It's like the Simpsons or Family Guy. You know, we've got a setup, we've got a world, we've got the main characters. It can go on forever. So if this mm. is successful, this this series, then maybe you can be in series number two, Kevin. Oh. You know, you know that's Ooh. the plan. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but did you, uh, you know what I mean, did you used to do um, Dungeons and Dragons as, as a youngster and all oh, of those yeah. tabletop games? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there are gateway uh, uh, drug to the world of uh, gaming was the fighting fantasy game book The Warlock of Firetop Mountain by Ian, ja uh, Ian Livingstone and Steve Jackson which mm. was fantastic it's the 40th anniversary next year and the artwork was by Russ Nicholson and uh, and I met them you know quite a few years ago oh. and, and, and uh, it was so inspirational and it moved and then we got my brother and I Daniel got into Dungeons and Dragons which you know we were we were like I was 10, I think my brother was 12 or 13 at the time. And it was so great because you've got to remember in those days, back in the 80s, there were no computer games, really. Uh, mm, there's, nope. You know, there was the Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. There was no films like that. Um, I mean, there yeah. was Lord of the Rings, but yeah, only no, in no, book form. <laughs> exactly. So when you're looking for fantasy artwork of dragons and knights and things and all that great stuff, you know, there was Excalibur, the film, uh, and that was about it. And uh, and so these yeah. Dungeons and Dragons 
fascinatingly for me, uh, if you're dungeon master, then you create the world and you build it and you explain to the characters, the, the players, and it's essentially training to become a film director. And uh, the skills that you learn uh, dungeon mastering uh, are exactly what you need to do to be on set and, and work with actors and block and explain things and, and inhabit characters and bring things to life. And because you're effectively getting the performance out of your players in a similar way, not exactly the same, to how you're getting your performance out of your actors when you're on a film or TV set. So even as a, a, you know, a little boy of 10 years old, I was in my head, I was directing these mm. scenarios. And here I am uh, 39 years later, uh, <laughs> doing exactly the same thing. But yes, <laughs> these, the, these uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and, and obviously there's, there's science fiction versions like Gamma World, which is post-apocalyptic, and Star Frontiers, Traveller, and, and so on and so forth, uh, which is sci-fi. They're a great world of building your imagination and your brain uh, and making story connections and, and arcs and and, uh, and working out how to tell a story because yes. any good yes. quest must have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and any good and, film must have a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, didn't you always find it frustrating when you when someone else? Yeah, you know I mean, because I don't know if it was the same with your group of friends, but people are always like, "I want to be dungeon master today." I, I've got a great quest. And then you go, all right. And their quest was rubbish. It was it always like you need someone with a great imagination to be able to weave a story together. Yes. But it's not just about those ideas. It's about, as you said, the beginning, the middle, the end. Right. So it all becomes this all engrossing quest. And that was the thing I always enjoy creating those adventures. Absolutely. And if you think of the, you know, the classic tests, uh, texts are the Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm. I mean, they're 2000 years plus old and they are all about someone going on an adventure uh, and uh, going to a far distant land and achieving a goal and returning. And that is the, you know, the, the hero's journey. It's the heroic uh, uh, paradigm that all these stories and films and adventures are, are based upon. And the, the, I found, you know, when I was a kid, a lot of dungeon masters just wanted to kill off all the players. Yes. So, so you'd be, you'd be a, 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 you know, a young fighter, and they'd say, and you enter the, uh, you enter the cavern, and there are a thousand orcs, uh, <laughs> and you think, uh, I attack them. Now uh, you're dead. Uh, <laughs> and he said, oh, that wasn't that wasn't much fun. Whereas, whereas, you know, a, a better dungeon master would say, you enter the cavern, there are three orcs. Uh, and then you think, oh, I've got a chance with three orcs. I'm not necessarily going to die. Mm. And, uh, and then your story progresses. And, and, and so you've got to sort of set the, the, um, uh, the conflict up uh, for the players in exactly the same way that you set up the conflict for your protagonist in a story uh, so they can have enough drama to make it interesting. Because obviously without drama, drama is without, without conflict, the drama is boring. Yes. And any film, if you know, if, if I go and make a cup of tea, and you film me making a cup of tea, that is very dull, unless you really like tea. I mean, um, there's the intrigue, though, right? It's like when he opens up the fridge, will there be milk or won't there uh, be milk? You know what I mean? Does he put the tea back in first? What's yes. gonna happen? Is he gonna be a sugar person? Is he oh. a sugar person? 
<laughs> Find <laughs> out <Yeah>. shortly. <laughs> well, we, we can do that episode. We can do that. Arg makes tea. Yeah. We can definitely, I might do that. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Cat Amongst the Pigeons. He's a Bovril man. Oh, well, I mean, this may come as a shock to you, but I have discovered you can actually buy a peanut butter drink. What? Yes, it's powdered peanut butter like instant coffee, and you pour it in and you add your hot uh, water and stir it up, and it's a peanut butter drink. I'm not saying it's very nice, but I'm alerting you to its existence. <laughs> I, I think that might be a bit too much. I mean, I could imagine maybe a peanut butter infused hot chocolate. That could yeah. possibly work. But yes. I don't know if peanut butter on its own is a flavour I would want to consume through a number of sips. You know what I mean? Like a quick little hit. You're like, yeah, all right, that's interesting. But then to yeah. be back and back and back, you're like, mm, I don't know about that. Well, you see, it's, it's just an alternative, isn't it? If, for those who don't like Bovril, <laughs> and then you know, maybe peanut butter is the way forward. It's this woke culture we've now become a part of. Peanut butter drinks. What's next? What's, What's next? next? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so we've got Arg. Arg is uh, is is ninety nine point nine percent complete. And on Saturday, Same we shall uh, launch the trailer to the world, uh, and uh, we're going to put out the prologue episode, which is called uh, Unicorn. Uh, and uh, okay. no, no, no further information, because if you look at if you if you look at a James Bond film or Indiana Jones or Star Wars, there's always a mini film at the beginning. It's like mm. the, the end of the last mission. So, yes. you know, James Bond's usually he's finishing off his last mission and then 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 uh, it stops. And then you have the title sequence and he goes and sees M uh, and M says, OK, James, we need you to go and do something. So Arg and the Quest for the Golden Dragon Skull is the same that we start in the prologue episode, prologue, prologue, uh, and he, Lord Arg, who is an adventurer, and his faithful squirrel, I mean squire, sorry, Sally, um, <laughs> uh, quoting myself, uh, she, uh, he and she are on a mission, a very important and secretive mission that I cannot tell you until Saturday, uh, 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 or if you watch the episode. Uh, and then once that episode's done, then we're into the the, the actual quest. So, Splendid. Uh, and where will these be housed? Is these a YouTube thing? Are these on your website? Where yes. where will people find them? Yeah, to start off with, we'll uh, uh, start. Uh, they'll all be on my website, which is martingooch.com, Easy to find. And uh, and as we see how how the uh, first episode Unicorn is is uh, received then uh, we'll work out what our, our plan is next. Because all the episodes are already finished, they're done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So start dropping them. Or if 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 we feel the best thing to do is uh, to go down the feature film route, we also have the feature film version. Hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, the, cl it's, it's the closest thing I can think of is Monty Python and the Holy Grail, but all done in miniature. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> So, I think it's, it's one of these things you have to see it to understand it. Yeah. Now, when, you know, let's get back to the genesis of all of this, right? Yes. So you're, you're, you're rooting around, you find your miniatures, and you're like, oh, I want to play around and 
let, let me play with these, but pretend I'm doing something. So you're playing around with your miniatures, right? When did just the, the essence of the story come to you? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, well, I was I was at the Berlin Sci-Fi uh, Film Festival, and as, as I said, I met this fabulous producer, Alex LeMay, who's a really nice bloke, and we had a long chat about doing stuff, like what projects can we do? And, you know, everybody has their dream project they want to do, but, you know, unfortunately, most of my dream projects are going to cost millions and millions of pounds, so they're quite mm -hmm. difficult to get going. Uh but I, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas by uh, Tim Burton. And, uh, and you know, that all these sort of things are ticking about in my head. And, and I've written a lot of screenplays. And, uh, and when, I, when I found the little, little chaps, um, I just thought, what, what can we do? And, and, and you know, the, and the great thing about the hero's journey, the quest structure, is it gives you the, the beginning, the middle and the end. Uh, just automatically yeah. via structure, and uh, uh, and and I think that I think the best best quests are a circle. You know, your 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 hero goes off on his adventure, and then he eventually ends up back. But he has to end up back where he started as a changed person. He has to go through, or she has to have gone through a change. That's what yes. makes it interesting. And uh, and and I thought, how can I make lots and lots of silly jokes about this? <laughs> <laughs> And that, that was sort of my starting point, you know. I thought, okay, uh, and I, I, you know, and the thing was, we were in lockdown, you know. There was nothing going on, and uh, and uh, in my flat, we're in my flat right now. In my flat, I've got lots of props from all my previous films, uh, knocking about and things like that. And uh, and I sort of was sitting in my office and looking around and thought, oh, that that's interesting. That candelabra, that candelabra uh, is a giant frog. Oh. You see, and I had all these things knocking about, and uh, and um, they were in, in inspiring. And I thought, well, because I don't want to, you know, there's no budget, there's no nowhere to go, uh, we can't really do anything, so it has to be here. So, so I found various objects in the flat, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And you know, like everybody, I happen to have a golden dragon skull in my flat and uh, i thought oh, that's interesting <laughs> i have to say that dragon skull does look impressive i, I will say yeah a nice little skull right there and uh, and you know these little characters they're they're so uh so full of uh, expression and and uh uh you know what character that they they sort of uh wrote themselves you know that the goodies are good and the, the baddies are bad and uh and they meet all sorts of characters and I also wanted to, you know, I wanted to be uh, uh, up to date. So, uh, you know, half of our cast are, are are women. You know, it's a, it's a it's a fifty fifty split between the boys and the girls, which is great. Uh, and it, it's it's much more fun. And the character I'm playing, I mean, I'm in it purely because I'm the easiest actor I know to work with. I never argue <laughs> with that. <director. laughs> I'm always if I have a sudden idea at 4 a.m. in the morning, I'm up for it and I'll record it. That'll be done. And uh, and and uh, so the, the main character is Arg, and he's a knight, and he goes off on this quest that he's asked to go and find the golden dragon skull. And he brings with him Amazonia, who's an Amazon fabulous warrioress, and his his assistant Sally, his squire. And uh, and if you if you watch it carefully, you realise they're they're running the show. He's he may have the map. 
but they're making the decisions. Uh, and I've got a nice little, little uh, uh, bringing it up to date that, you know, we all know that girls are really in charge. And, uh, uh, and, and especially in, the, in a fantasy world, which tends to be more heavily male uh, um, in, you know, in, in the way it is, I thought, let's, let's just, you know, uh, let's make that better. Well, I mean, even back in the day, right? It, it was Helen that launched a thousand ships, right? It wasn't Steve. Steve no, didn't no, get the no. ships launched. Steve didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Warrior Princess and the Amazons and Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's all fantastic. So, um, I wanted to sort of, uh, you know, keep that going, and uh, and yeah, and they meet lots of interesting characters on their way. Uh, some who help and some who don't. And uh, and it's a proper it's a proper adventure, um, and uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, you know sometimes when you when you embark on these projects as a filmmaker, you know I always say you know it's a mountain to climb, uh, and you stand there on the first day and you look up and you go oh my god, that is a big mountain. But the, the weird thing about filmmaking is it's not one mountain, it's lots. So mm. so the first mountain is I have an idea. What's the idea? Then you've got to write a script. Then you've got to, you know, find some money or find a way to do it or collaborators or whatever. And then you've got to shoot it. And uh, shooting it uh, was 25 days. And, uh, and those were quite long days. And I'm very lucky. I live above a shop. And the people in the shop, uh, it was all closed because of coronavirus. They said I could use their table because, you know, uh, you know when you're, when you, even though they're small, once you've got a camera and a tripod and a slider, and, and some foreground and some background and suddenly you realize you've you've filled up your whole of your lounge uh, <laughs> it's full of bits and pieces and, and your girlfriend may not be that happy about that uh on a daily basis so um in a lockdown flat so I, luckily i could move downstairs uh to uh, the shop there and then i could make a terrible huge mess every day uh, and no one would tell me off <laughs> yeah ah, great 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 now when you're doing something like this, right? Because you know, we as you said, look, we we we've had the Iliad, we we've we've had you know all of these different stories, you know, like even you know, we, we June, right? The new June film is just hit cinemas again, right? Yeah. We we've all, all Lord of the Rings, all of these sort of things. So there is all of this material, there are all of these quests as they were. And I think you're trying to write something new, something engaging, something fun, right? So is there the fear that, oh, no, that's too much like that, or, ah, no, that happened in that, I don't want to do that, right? So how did you, you know, try and create this new thing, right? Poking fun, you know, being playful without, you know, necessarily just retreading a whole load of things that people would have already seen. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely a thought that was going through my head when I was doing it. I think the very fact when you see it, it's, it doesn't look like anything else. You know, it doesn't look like South Park. It doesn't look like a nightmare before Christmas. It doesn't look real. Uh, it's very uh, visually weird. But also, mm. you know, I come from a, a camera department background. I did a lot of movies uh, like Harry Potter and Judge Dredd in the camera department well, many years ago. And, uh, and I like to make things look beautiful. So I, I, so I lit it like a professional set so even though it was very small and the, and the actors are tiny 
you know, I'd have a key light and a backlight and a fill light. I'd have foreground props and, and, and uh, you know, these, these new shows like The Mandalorian make a lot of comment about how they're not filming on location. They've got these huge uh, LED uh, screens. But which, but it's really just back projection, just like Laurel and Hardy did in Way Out West almost a hundred years ago. It's just back projection. It's just really hmm. good back projection. And uh, and so I thought I'll do that with my computer screen. So I took the monitor and I put that as the background, and then the actors are in the foreground. These are the actors, and then there'll be some little props, and then I'll put the camera there. So computer screen here, actor here, camera there, and. Uh, and because of the, the visual aesthetic, it doesn't look like anything else. I mean, I, I watch a lot of movies and it doesn't look like anything else. It has its own look. So I think that, that you know, making a film or a TV project, half of it is the look. Uh, and then the rest of it is obviously sound and story and all that. And, uh, and I think because, because we had our genre, which is fantasy, comedy, nailed, to, you know, we got the genre. And I got my friends, Mark and, and Brad, to help with the comedy. Uh, we knew it was funny. We, we're putting it's joke every page, page jokes, 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 jokes. We read it out loud. We had a Zoom reading with everybody, and, and see how funny it was. And then we actually filmed some of the actors for real because uh, you know we had a mini not lockdown in July last yeah. year. We unlocked down before we locked up again, and I, I managed to meet up with half a dozen actors and we filmed them for real. And, and that was a great day because it was like the only day last year we didn't be filming at all and um, uh, interacting with them and getting getting the vibe and a little bit of uh, ad lib made it all uh, much funnier. And, and uh, Amazonia, uh, a lot of her lines, all of her stuff was recorded then, but a lot of her lines, you'll see her laughing. Uh, mm. in the, and that's real laughter, you know, that we took when, when she was uh, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and the way it came together was a little bit organic w with the uh, with the um, improvisation and and uh, uh, but I, I just I just felt that you know I'm a confident enough writer to feel that I was writing original stuff and not stealing everything. I don't think there's anything uh, you know taken from anybody else. Just the structure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you, it's like building a house. You know, you know, many houses are the same, but the interior decoration is totally different. Our structure is the same, uh, the quest is the same, the the genre is the same, but the interior decoration is completely different. I mean, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and it was a lot of fun, you know, because uh, for for those people out there who do write. Uh, when you write something and, and you know it's going well, it's it's hugely uh, enjoyable, and it, it can be you know when you finish the, the script and you go and print it out and you actually have that hard copy of the print, uh, the, the printed hard copy of the script, uh, you know you feel a sense of achievement. And mm. uh, and I this in this in those dark days of lockdown when not much was going on and it was all a bit frustrating and and as it kept on going. And here we are again, not knowing exactly what's good the future may bring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. These little moments of, of uh, completion uh, really helped. And I think giving and all the actors who got involved and my friend Trevor, who did the sound and, and Ollie, who helped with the uh, visual effects and everybody else. Um, it really helped us get through this, you know, somewhat tiresome time by having an interesting project. And the fact that it was comedy 
also was really, really great. I think if I'd been writing a really depressing drama about home invasion, uh, <laughs> 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 indeed, indeed. Now, I will say, um, reading about it and then seeing it is something because you know, reading what it is. And then, you know, kindly sent me the trailer and then actually seeing it, 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 it does make you smile, right? There is a, it makes you smile. And then just seeing then how you integrate the actors into it. That's all I say. Um, I thought that was in because I wasn't expecting that. So then suddenly when I see this figure, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> And it just made me, it reminded me a bit of, um, oh gosh, I want to say Carl McLaughlin. No, that's wrong. But he does um, a lot of stuff with Kurt Metzger. He's a lot of um, comedy on, they've got a comedy show. And it's, uh, yeah, visually, there, there's something that reminded me of that when I saw your stuff. But when... Did you know that's how you were going to do it at the start? Yes, yeah, I did because I did. A, I did a little test film. It was only like a minute long, uh, and I filmed one of the characters, not this one, but one like this. Uh, and uh, I put it because I I don't know how to use um, After Effects, but I can use Premiere editing, and I'm quite good on Photoshop. And I couldn't get it in After Effects, so I put it in Photoshop, and I just I just cut out the face. Uh, like one of those hilarious things at the end of the pier where you go along and there's a painting of a woman and a man mm. and you put the face through. And so I just did that. I put it in Photoshop. I cut out the face of the, the character and I stuck the actor's face behind it. Uh, and then I put some effect on it and some buzz uh, to, so it didn't look like a still, uh, you know, some grain. And, uh, and, and that was it. And that was the, the, the proto film, the trial run. Uh, but it, uh, the, it was the dark. It's because it looks silly. And the dialogue, what he says is silly. It, it made, you know, everyone who watched it laugh and, and we thought that, well, we've got something there. Because, you know, it's mm. a comedy. The goal, the goal is to entertain and make people laugh. We're not, we're not seeking to bring down the government or change the world. Uh, <laughs> we are on this goal. We're seeking to make people laugh. You know? and, uh, and, and that's what it is, you know. Simple goals. Yeah. So when you were asking um, people to record their lines... Did you kind of be like, be expressive or was that just something they decided to add to it? Well, uh, I made it, I actually made a little film and I sent that to the actors. So they watched it uh, and because I couldn't be there to direct them on the day because they're all doing it at home. And some of them are in America. So the time difference and all sorts of things, uh, I couldn't actually direct them. So I made a little film telling them what to do. And then before every uh filming every time they recorded we had a little chat on the zoom or on the phone or whatever and i just talked them through it and what i imagined and uh, most of them nailed it you know um they really did you know there was one or two lines like in the in the whole film there was one or two lines that i sent back and i said look could you just do this again you know that the, the tone is wrong or you've you've put it as a question it needs to be a statement that sort of yeah. thing um but on the whole you know the the people in it are so incredibly wonderful and talented and brilliant you know that, that the secret of directing is casting you know if you cast the right person you have so much less to do because they got it 
and uh, uh, and you know and the terrible thing is you know most directors will have it at some point in their career they'll be on set and they'll realize the person they're working with is the wrong person they may be brilliantly talented and great but they may be the wrong person for that character and we all see it in films every now and then you think oh dear that doesn't work but um mm. luckily because i've met everyone before you know every single person in the film i've, I've worked with before all i've met i i knew uh what sort of person they were and, and and whether they had a sense of humor which i think if you're doing comedy you've got to have a sense of humor you know if you try and get someone who's miserable to tell a joke <laughs> it generally doesn't work no <laughs> and uh, and, and it, was a, it was a joy you know and uh, at the end of each um section because they send me their rushes and obviously when you put them in the timeline it just comes out a big long ribbon of of, uh, of dialogue uh i asked them some questions and they all gave me little answers and 99.9 percent of them gave me very funny comedy answers to my questions uh which was which was you know just joyful and uh, lots of laughter coming from my office uh throughout the through the lockdown which was which was fun and the plan is at some point to edit together all of these little bits at the end uh they're like deliberate outtakes mm -hmm. you know a deliberate goof reel uh to edit that together and make a, a behind the scenes little film because there's 21 episodes and if we do a couple of um behind the scenes films then that's almost half a year's worth of content uh, mm. for, a for a weekly show um and uh yeah and and, and uh yeah it was it was it was really good fun <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't yeah. think of a reason to make a to make a film uh other than it was really good fun yeah I, I think that's the thing, you, you know, you often hear about, you know, these miserable times people had on sets and a lot of the times it shows, yes. you know, yeah. you know, so when you hear people had a great time, you yes. can usually see that. I 100% believe that. I mean, before I was a director, I was a, I started off as a runner, you know, I have no family in the industry. I started at the bottom. Uh, I was a runner, then I was a camera loader, uh, a focus puller, operator, DOP, and then I finally became a director. And, uh, you know, there is no equation for whether or not you have a horrible time on set and the film is good, or whether you have a wonderful time on set and the film is good. So why not have a wonderful time on set and make a great film? Because you can have a horrible, horrible time on set where you don't want to go there in the morning, you feel sick. And then you watch the film after all that nightmare you went through and it's rubbish. What, what's the point? Or you yeah. could have a wonderful time on set and it's brilliant and amazing. And then you watch the film and it's rubbish. But so what? You had a wonderful time. You made friends. You got to go somewhere really nice and exotic and interesting. Or we're in a studio, which is always lovely. It's nice filming in studios. And um, uh, so which, which is better? Well, clearly... The best thing is to have a wonderful time on set and to make a wonderful film or TV show or whatever it is. And I, and I think as a director and, and a passionate you know, fan of, of, uh, of films and TV, I, that's how I would like to, to run it, you know, make sure the environment on the set or it, however we're filming is, is so positive that the actor or the, the, I don't know, the camera person gives you their best work. Uh, how can that how can that be bad and then you take their best work edit it and make it even better and then say it's all yours 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> the art of filmmaking by Martin Gooch. <laughs> so once once everything was finished, right, yes. and you found that you had like you know all these hours and all of that, right, and now you're you're putting it all together. When, like, how did you work out the music? You know, I mean, was that did you solely leave that up to? You know, your guy, or were there kind of things that you thought, oh, I, I, I need it to be like this, and you know, how did all that? Well, I mean, you know, it's a classic low budget. I mean, there's no money. I made the whole film uh, literally using things that were in my office, and uh, I've got a little roof terrace out there, and so we filmed out there, uh, and you know, it, it's all done very, very little money, and so there wasn't any money for uh, the the score. But there are wonderful people on the internet, uh, and there's a wonderful resource called uh, uh, Roll for Fantasy, uh, run by a lady called Emily, who's an extraordinarily talented person and a huge fan of, of everything genre. Uh, and I've been on her website hundreds of times looking at stuff. They've got a fantasy name generator and all sorts of interesting things. Uh, and she's got some music, and it was great. And I wrote to her and I said, look, there's one piece of music uh, uh, and, you know, it's really great. It's like a theme tune. Can I use it? And she said yes. And uh, and, and it became, you know, like the Indiana Jones, dun, 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 dun. Mm. Uh, this became Arg's theme tune. It's in every single episode. And every time he appears on screen, you get a little refrain from that. So it's just one song, but we uh... used it, I don't know, uh, 20 times. Uh, and then I have another wonderful friend, Brooke DeRosa, who's an opera singer. And uh, I asked her if she could do a couple of uh, tracks. I'm not going to tell you what they are because it sort of kind of gives the game away, uh, uh, which she actually sings on. So you oh, think of this as this tiny little uh, thing. It's all done, you know, on my desk uh, with models and, and stuff. And we've got a professional opera singer singing a couple of tracks. <laughs> it really, really blows your socks off. Uh, and, and she's wonderful, and she's worked on my other films. Uh, and another friend of mine uh, helped with some incidental music, and, and that was it, you know. And that, that was the whole of the, the whole of the score. And, and you know, these things—it's uh, really important to maintain the copyright because you don't want to make something, edit it all together. It's like baking a cake. You don't want to put all your ingredients in, make the cake, and then you have this lovely cake, and then someone says, "Oh, hang on, that's my sugar. Give me mm. the sugar." made the cake and they say no no want the sugar back come on take it out and you can't do it it's done uh so it's very important especially for low budget filmmakers who can't afford to pay you know late royalties or whatever to uh, um, make absolutely sure you have the rights to the music before you put it out to the world and, that, and that's what i did um and uh, but uh, but i think you know it took a it took a long time you know i looked for a lot of music uh, and I'm a big music music fan uh, until I found something that I felt was right. You know, it, it has to feel right. Um, it's very difficult to describe it, but you just you hear it. Uh, it's like it's, I mean, it's hilarious. It's almost like choosing a font uh, for the front cover of Arg. I went through hundreds of fonts until I found one that I quite liked, and I thought, oh, mm, so in the end, I made my own font. Uh, I mean, I only use. I only use the letters in Arg and the Quest for the Golden Dragon Skull, which is not all the letters of the alphabet, but it's my own font uh, because A, I was worried about 
copyright. And it only took me an evening. So, um, uh, so yeah. So uh, with the music, you, it has to feel right. And uh, luckily, Emily at Royal for Fantasy dot com. Uh, her her music was was just it just you know I listened to loads and loads of like no 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 oh hang on. Um, so yes, yeah, so that that's a very long answer to your question uh, about where the music came from. But it came from the glorious uh, benevolence of the internet. Ah, splendid. No, long answers are good. You know what I mean? There's people, yeah, people are interested by this stuff, man. So, yeah, no, that's great. Now, I, I, I do wonder, right? So you've got this thing finished. Um, will you maybe turn it into a uh, a desktop game? Right? Will you, you know, write out the the rule book and whatnot, and you know, put that out there for people's? That that is a brilliant idea. Uh, well, you write it. It is, it is, it is absolutely perfect for that. Yes, I mean, if, if mm. that if that was a thing that could happen, then uh, yes, I mean, it'd be amazing. You would buy the box set, and it would have Arg and Sally and Amazonia and Saucepan and uh, uh, who else is in it? Lots of people. Um, King Kevin and Sam Snake and all the rest of them. You'd have those models, and a, and you could have a board with the, the journey. Yeah, I mean, it could be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Or and also, also, I'm, I, I just wondered um, because you know that Kevin Livingstone and and you know who created all of that stuff. Remember the um, choose your own adventure books. Yeah, Ian, Ian right? Livingstone. Yeah, Ian yes, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. Yes, Kevin Livingstone. He was. Yeah. Adventure, wasn't he? He was something. Oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, could you possibly, you know, I mean, do an episode, put it out there, and then people choose what happens next, and do you, you do one of those ones? Well, there may well be an element of that in it. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes, oh, we, we may have already thought of that. Yes, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to turn it into a board game or a, ro a role playing game would be like you know phenomenal, but uh, there would have to be the demand uh, to make that happen. But mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's all there because it's a very clear world. Although it's it's a, although it's a very odd world, it's a clear world with maps and 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 uh, and hierarchy and. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, I can feel my brain turning now, thinking, how do I turn that into a RPG? Um, yes, I, yes, it could easily. Uh, it's got legs. <laughs> <laughs> Even little short ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This, this, yeah, no, this sounds very, very exciting. Very yeah. exciting, Martin. Um, yeah, and I mean, the great thing is, you know, if, if, if it does... You know, uh, things live or die based on whether the fans like them or not. You know, this is clear. You know, this is why Star Wars is so successful, because the fans love it and uh, other things disappear, you know. Uh, mm. And if this is successful, which, you know, I truly hope it is, it has it can go forever. Um, and uh, uh, and there's there's endless, endless opportunities to cameos, you know, because it's so simple to film the actors. You don't have to get them into a studio. You don't have to uh, fly them over to... Uh, uh, London or, or whatever, wherever you are, they can film it at home. 
they can send it over. Uh, you know, if you if you happen to bump into Sylvester Stallone uh, and he says yes, you can film him right there and then, and <laughs> that is done. You know, <laughs> that, that's it. That's part of the the sort of uh, the wonderful generation of, of filmmaking that we're in. That you can shoot stuff, and save it, use it, all that sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as long as we keep having ideas for episodes, which uh, which is you know really no problem. Uh, I've never ever been uh, had writer's block or anything like that. I'm sure it's a real thing, but it's never happened to me. Famous last words. I won't be able to write anything ever again now. But, uh, but I'm never short of ideas. And and the great thing about this is it's 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 very much a collaborative process. And uh, you know, if someone having watched Arg uh, in the future writes to me and says, I've got a great idea for an episode. If it's a good episode, we can just do it. You know, there's no reason. We don't have to go and hire a castle in Romania. We don't have to move to Quebec for the film tax credit or get our post-production done in Western Australia. Like the big movies, we just film it on my table at home. Uh, and, and well, that, I mean, that is if the shop downstairs lets you use a table again. Well, that's quite it. I mean, I'm, I'm Back to this table, the dining room table. So, <laughs> I mean, it does, it does tend to shift that, that I end up end up filming all night long until the small hours, and then I tidy it all away. Uh, so, in, in the in the day when you know the rest of the household are around, there's no there's no little little creatures hanging around uh, to be destroyed, packed <laughs> away. Uh, they're, yeah, they're like the, the mice in the famous fairy tales. And everything comes out at night and it's all done. It disappears when the sun rises. <laughs> oh, man. Do you think, that, because, you know, you've done so many films and different sorts of films, yeah. do you think this would have happened without lockdown? Uh, that's, that's a very good question. I mean, I definitely think I would have done something. Uh, I mean, I, I've been working on a novel for a long time and uh, I finished it during lockdown. I don't think I would have finished it if we hadn't have had lockdown. Um, I don't. I think it probably wouldn't have uh, argued the quest of the Golden Dragon Skull. I don't think it would have uh, evolved in, in the way it did without lockdown because I just wouldn't have had the time. Mm. Like, I quite wouldn't have had those 25 days in a row to go and film stuff i mean there might be there might be a version of it that's just 10 minutes long but there's they, there wouldn't be this uh feature length 100 minute uh so so you know i mean that the pandemic is you know it's a terrible thing and it's awful but that we have to look to the light in the darkness and uh and little projects like this i think are are the light in the darkness that that, that um uh is the positive yeah no definitely no definitely so, um, yeah, no, great stuff. So people at Comic-Con will get to see the trailer yes. and the introduction, Unicorn. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then what will be the release schedule after that? Do you? Uh, well, then, then it will be out on uh, out in, to the general world, uh, the, the trailer and episode North, the prologue. Uh, and I might put out some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff uh, on YouTube to keep it going. And then just, you know, if, if, if people watch it, then we'll start putting it out. And if they don't, uh, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> so why are arms? And that's it. And, you know, uh, uh, I, often, I often say, you know, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. The, 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 uh, it's all I've ever done. Uh, and you know I love it, 
uh, nothing makes me happier, really. And uh, the the but knowing necessarily knowing what to do with something, it, you need people to come and say we love it, we love it, we love it. Uh, not for any ego reason, but just as a motivation uh, to do it. Because if there's no audience, there's no point in making something. Mm. I don't. I don't believe in painting a painting and putting it in the shed. I want to paint a painting and put it on the wall. Yes. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, I hope it does. All right, man. Well, that. Yeah. No. That. I'm definitely intrigued to see how this. You know quest develops and, and and what happens do they get the golden skull you know what I mean like what will go down so um uh, yes hope, hopefully it's not what people expect uh the, the how it ends is not uh you know uh, we went through quite a lot of suggestions when we we're writing the screenplay on how it should end uh and we ignored all of them <laughs> so there won't be a scene of Arg in the shower going, huh, it was all a dream. It definitely wasn't a dream. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's how I should have been. And it was all a dream. Arg was JR all along. <laughs> Oh man! So uh, yes, that awesome. I, I really appreciate the time, mine. Uh, it's always, always fun having a conversation. Um, so yeah, comic. You will be at Comic Con on Saturday, yes. the twenty third. Um, do you know what time you're going to be there? Uh, it's eleven thirty in the morning. Uh, we're in the main center stage. Ah. Uh, so and uh, the wonderful details uh, will be there, actor D. Uh, Serene is coming. Emily Haig is coming. Zara Pythian uh, is coming. She's fantastic. And uh, my friend Brad Moore, uh, who plays two characters uh, in Arg and the Quest of the God and Dragon Skull, and also helped mm -hmm. uh, with the comedy, Funnying Up, I think we call it, uh, the screenplay. Uh -huh. yeah. Awesome. I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge wasn't, you know, it's just not, you know, not interested in our sort of stuff. Yeah. So we got more in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Okay. So uh, yeah, people, if you want to uh, be in the room, head yes. to Comic Con. Um, it, is it at the Excel Center this year still? It's the Excel Center, and we'll have posters and things. And um, they're they're the first ones in the entire history of the universe. So Ooh. come and come and say hi. Get a poster. We can sign it if you like, or, or tear it up, whatever you want. And uh, and who knows if we're successful and it does well, they may well be worth fifty, sixty p in the future. Oh, people! I mean, and that is better than some. Yeah, that's better than an NFT. It's better than some Bitcoin. Get yourself some Arg coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep it locked up in the cupboard at least 50 years. Yes, it may not be worth anything. <laughs> uh, but, well, Martin, I, I wish you all the success with ARG. And um, I hope Saturday is, uh, yeah, a roaring success as well. So, yeah, um, 
yeah, all the information people will be in the episode details. So make sure you, you know, head over to Martin's website, you follow him on all the socials, and you keep track of ARG and demand more. Yes. And uh, we will provide. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, Martin. Appreciate it. <laughs>